The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. YouTube. Thanks for clicking on the link, watching the video. We'd love for you to like and subscribe if you haven't already as you watch our mock draft trade episode. Let's podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Big Six Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. <laughs> it is, uh, was it Wednesday? Wednesday, April 6th. If you are listening to the podcast, if you're watching on YouTube, it is Tuesday, April 5th. And it's a sad, sad day for North Carolina Tar Heel fans. But what are you going to do? You know, you run into a buzzsaw. You're up 15. You blow it. I mean, it's hard to know. They were up 16, dumbass. Well, they were up 15 and a half. Right. But that's fine. Um, It's pretty hard to beat Duke in the final four if you're Carolina and have it not mean anything at the end of the day. But somehow having a 16-point lead in the title game allows that to happen. Duke fans, the Duke basketball team, Coach K, the big winners, Although Jay Williams did say on the what? Radio. what are you what are you smoking? How are they the big winners? Because Carolina their, blew a 16-point lead in the title game. They and got it, their asses handed to them twice by a team that was an eight seed and lost by 30 points to the University of Miami. What are you talking about, you Homer? Losing, beating guy Duke. who was a Duke fan and was such a terrible Duke fan, he had to go to NC State, which is somehow the worst program in the ACC. This guy, <laughs> play it, Debo, play the clip. Go Tar Heels. <laughs> uh, go Tar Heels. Weak ass take. What is wrong with you, sir? Uh, leave a fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly the response that Carolina fans gave me when I sent out that tweet. Um, people like, you, you, you think we care about this? We mean, dude, we don't, we don't care about losing the championship game. Nothing matters. Go away. You, you suck. You, yeah. By the way, very bitter and angry. And I by get- the way, traps Josh and Debo. This is the same dummy who has seen exactly one NC State women's basketball game in the last 40 years and was all into his feelings <laughs> when they didn't get to play at home as the number one seed and they had to go play in Connecticut <laughs> and got their asses stopped. <laughs> oh, ho, ho, down hard. Get out of here. Basketball season's over. It's Masters week. By the way, it's Masters week, and I'm sure there's a promo in here, but you should go listen to the First Cut podcast uh, with uh, Kyle Porter and Rick Gaiman and crew. They do a fantastic job of setting up for the Masters, getting ready for DFS, your best bets, uh, outrights, top 20s, top 10s, whatever you got to bet on, matchups. And, of course, they recap every single uh, round immediately after it's done. Let's uh, hit the like button if you're watching on YouTube, of course. Subscribe if you're listening or you're watching. Uh, and leave a five-star review with a question on Apple Podcasts for the mailbag. We had a big trade that went down on Monday afternoon. It's like very confusing when you see a trade like this because it's like, you know, it's, it's like the, it tweets out, it's like trade and all cat, like breaking trade. And you're like, oh my God, who's being traded? And then there's no one being traded, just a bunch of draft picks. And I think everybody kind of struggled to figure that out what was happening between the Eagles and the Saints with their trade. The Eagles. Oh, by the way, uh, I should point out, it's me, Wilson, Traps, and Edwards. What's up, guys? Sorry. That's just me and you yelling at each other. <laughs> I forgot that you guys hadn't said anything. <laughs> Wilson's, like, response to flummoxed me so badly. Uh, how are we doing, fellas? Doing good. Yeah, talk, talk about a cold open. <laughs> You're like, we've been sitting here for four minutes. <laughs> um, anywho, Eagles, Saints, big trade, draft picks, moving everywhere. The Eagles, and it, and it was really weird because – of course, the Eagles, as we've talked about, had three first-round picks. They had 16, 15, 16, and 19. And the trade that went down between the Eagles and the Saints involves two of those. The Saints get number 16, number 19, and number one, and pick number 194, a six-round pick. In exchange, the Eagles receive the 18th overall pick from the Saints, the 101st overall pick from the Saints, a third-round pick, 
the 237th overall pick from the Saints, a seventh-round pick, and then a 2020 first, 2023 first-round pick and a 2024 second-round pick. Um, curious what you guys think traps. I mean, what's uh, what's the reaction here? I, it, very clearly, in my mind, the Eagles win big here uh, relative to the quality of draft class and all that. Yeah, I mean, this was kind of par for the course, though, for the Saints, that they're always kicking the can down the road. So, yeah, when you explain it and, and you look at uh, what Adam Schefter or Ian Rappaport tweeted, I was like, this looks like one of the most lopsided draft pick only trades that I've probably ever seen, especially involving as many first rounders as it did. But that's what the Saints do. They never really want to rebuild. I, I think their roster is closer that it needs to be rebuilding as opposed to them contending. Although the NFC is a little bit weaker on paper, maybe they feel like they could sneak in to the playoffs and make a run with Jameis Winston, I guess. Uh, but for the Eagles, it says two things. It says that uh, they might not be super sold on Jalen Hurts because they'll probably have the ammunition to move up to get a quarterback next year. And that they were just already in a, a fine situation with those three first rounders that really whatever they did, they were going to come out on the right side of any draft day trade. They can still get a receiver for the future, a corner, whatever they want to do in the first round. I think this is a huge win for the Eagles. Yeah, I mean, it's. I think it's a really interesting trade all the way around. It feels like it's part of a bigger move for the Saints because um, otherwise I don't know why you make this trade right now. I mean, you make it on draft day when you know what has played out in front of this pick that you have now acquired. Um, so I think they're going to do something else with it, you know, whether that means trading up for an offensive tackle, whether that means trading up for a quarterback. Uh, obviously, if you want to get your quarterback of choice, you're probably going to have to get ahead of Carolina at six. Um, but either way, I, I don't understand the trade from the Saints perspective because I don't value any of the quarterbacks to be taken that highly. Uh, and now you're giving up, you know, even more draft capital to make it happen. And if you did trade up for a left tackle, then I think that's entirely too rich as well. I mean, that's a Laramie Tunzel trade and you don't even know what you're getting yet. So either way, I don't understand it from the Saints perspective. I love it from the Eagles perspective. Uh, but it just takes me back to when Philadelphia was trading up for Carson Wentz uh, back in the day. They had to uh, make a stepping stone move before they were able to get the Browns to agree to trade out of number two. Um, and we cannot predict what the Saints are trying to do because I remember the year that Lamar Jackson was was mm. picked in the first round. Um, everybody thought the Saints were trading up to take Lamar Jackson, and instead they took Marcus Davenport the edge rusher from Texas, San Antonio. So as much as we think we might be reading into what New Orleans is going to do, I think that would be uh, a little bit foolish based on how they've acted in the past. That was an incredible, like, five minutes of draft action where everybody's like, the Sean Payton's getting Lamar Jackson. He's going to torch the earth to the ground. They're like, Marcus Davenport. You're like, what? You have a hey, tell, tell me again the, um, the Eagles compensation. What the or Eagles the received or what the Eagles gave up? Uh, 16, 19, and one ninety four. Then give me the other side. I'm trying to do the RJ's old school. Um, RJ said that the that the Eagles came that's out. That's his new version. That's his new version. I have his old version, so I want to see if it's oh, different. Okay. So I know he tweaks tweaks some things. So eighteen, um, eighteen, one hundred one. Yep. Two thirty seven. Yep. A twenty twenty three first. If you do the math, where the twenty twenty three first counts as a twenty counts as a second round pick value, the Eagles do come out as losers. Wait, why would that be? That won't be second round value. That's how the Jimmy Johnson. That's what the Jimmy Johnson trade does. Yeah. It's a future pick, and and I think RJ's does it too, and so does Pat's pulpit for future picks. You take it around later. I yeah. don't. That, that doesn't make any damn sense. No, like, here's 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 the math on that. Actually, I understand what you're saying, and I don't know if it still holds, but it's sort of the you're discounting the value of the draft pick. It's for the financial. Future. It's the financial future. Exactly. So exactly. okay. So we'll we'll make that thirty thirty five just for shiggles here. And we'll see. Is that it? Or there's one more. And then a second, second, which would, I think, technically be valued at a at a fourth round pick value, right? No, third. Just one no, round. Two years down the road. Oh, two years. Oh, gosh. Okay. Yeah. So that's. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's how that works. I, all right. I don't, so let's say that's 100 then. So in that case, um, and that's what the Eagles received. Right. Yeah. Yes. So the Eagles come out. It's 464 to 517. So the Eagles are in the red. Um, if you want to call it that. So it, it maybe I don't know how much he tweaked RJ, the fantasy sports line managing editor who was the draft editor for the longest time. I don't know how much he he, he tweaked version, Has this he older version to this year. 
Yeah, and that's what Traps is talking about because Traps was tweeting about that yesterday. So I don't know what the the numbers were on the trade in terms of his new ver- version, but I suppose if you discount those picks into the future, I get that. Um, Debo, I would imagine uh, one, you're happy with the compensation. Number two, how do you feel about all the the immediate? Everyone immediately jumped to the conclusion that J- Jalen Hurts is not going to be the quarterback when they draft another one next year. Yeah, forget these charts. Uh, the Eagles are clearly winners here. Throw these charts out of the window. Use some common sense for once. The Eagles won this trade. And, yeah, that's that's the part of it that I knew was coming, and it's it's fair. Uh, I love the trade. Howie Roseman wins a draft trade again. If he was just responsible for making draft trades instead of draft picks, <laughs> he'd be an all-time general manager. But it's fair. Like, Jalen Hurts has has a year. it's a little strange to me because the conversations we've had on this show put him as a top half of the NFC quarterback, a top seven, eight quarterback in the NFC. So it's not like he's been the the 25th best quarterback over his 20 career starts. I I don't see this as a, and I don't get the indictment of Jalen Hurts here. This is well, no. If you have that first round, an extra first round pick na- next year, and that draft class, quote unquote, will be much better than this draft class, quarterback wise, then maybe you can maneuver around. Sure, That's no, no, I understand that. But but my theory, my theory, I look at it as they're going to give they're giving Jalen Hurts twenty twenty two to see yeah. how he does, and if he performs really well, then they can use those two first round picks to put stuff around him, or they can make, it gives them flexibility in next That's year's draft. I, I think the case is also you could have just given them an extra guy in year three with that extra first round pick with three first round picks to help him out this year rather than delaying it and, and kind of advance his, his progress. With the three picks, I was very intent on linebacker, secondary, and then a wide receiver. And I told you on yesterday's show that I've been locked into to Jamison Williams. Just, I, I think it's hard to ignore that type of talent. Like I'm, I'm willing to forget and move past the injuries if, if this is someone that can help you out long-term. Now it's, it's kind of this debate. Do you go one defense and still target a receiver? Do you go two defense? And at that point, you're not really helping Jalen Hurts out. So yeah, it's, it's a trial year for Jalen Hurts. You are putting him in a good position with, with two extra pieces. But it would be ignorant for the Eagles to completely not think about Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud or someone that emerges next year if if you're in a position because Larry. I don't know if J- Jalen Hurts I fully support, but is he a guy that can win a Super Bowl? That is yet to be seen. So if, if you can put yourself in a position to get a franchise changer, like a lot of people think, one of these quarterbacks will be. I'm I'm all for it. Like there might be a Jake Fromm out there, is what you're saying, Debo. <laughs> <laughs> so one thing that Hilarious. I kind of struggle. <laughs> one thing I kind of struggle with here is, you know, presumably it would be Houston or the Giants that might be of of interest in a possible landing spot for for the Saints to move up to, you know, get a quarterback or a left tackle. Um, if you're one of those two franchises and you have a quarterback that you're going to ride into this season with, but you're not sure about for next year, why wouldn't you just prefer a 2023 first round pick and a 2024 second round pick um, as opposed to having 16 and 19 this year? I mean, what what is that doing for you? At least if you get a first round pick in 2023, you have the assets to maneuver a little bit and possibly get a quarterback if you decide to move on from Davis Mills or Daniel Jones. I mean, that's the only thing that I can't really understand in all of this. I would assume they've already had some of those conversations, so it's got to be coming from somewhere. All right. So let, let's, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, for sure. Let, let's, what do, do I, there's one, I, I guess there's one of two things. I almost started like writing a story about this because I, 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 I legitimately don't know what the Saints are doing. <laughs> because one of two things, well, I mean, look, this is a team that doesn't have Sean Payton. There, there are some people out there who are floating the theory, and, and by some people, I mean reputable reporters who have covered the Saints very well. Jane Slater um, and uh, Jeff Duncan, I believe, uh, both threw this out there, that the Saints are willing to trade away their 2023 first-round pick because they believe next year Sean Payton's coming back to the NFL and some team will give them first-round picks, their first-round picks, in exchange for Sean Payton, which is just a bananas way to approach the like anything. So Sean Payton comes back. They'll get compensation for the compensation they just gave up, understanding that they're getting rid of Sean Payton. Right? They'll replace their first-round pick with first-round 
Oh, that's exactly the the old uh, the the uh, Illuminati just came after Brentson. He got he just jumped off the podcast. He started saying too much. And uh, I was going to say the Saints probably are are you know not liking what he's saying and just completely dragging the wake. The wake will be on Thursday, and the funeral will follow. So uh, nice knowing you. So Brentson just bonked out of there. I, I don't know what happened. So I think what he was trying to say. I haven't seen these reports from Slater and or Duncan that Peyton's coming back. But he will and be. The Saints would retain his rights, correct? And then they could trade him to a. Why wouldn't you team? just keep Sean Payton since he's a I have no coach. idea. Yeah, Brinson's. I have uh, no clue. I guess the assumption is that maybe the Cowboys I, it's, are interested. It's, it's a daily occurrence with Chrome now. It's just. It's but just, we are trying to figure out the math. Why would the Saints move on from Sean Payton for a yeah, first I, I think. I think they're. Not that they're, they're not going to try and get rid of him. No, but you would trade him, essentially, so, is what you're saying, right? Well, they still own his, they, He's still under contract. We got that part, yeah. So if, if Sean Payton comes back to let's let's say the Cowboys go ten and seven this year and lose in the first round of the playoffs or something, or maybe they go nine and eight and the Eagles win the division and Jalen Hurts wins the, wins the Super Bowl and Jerry Jones is beside himself and fires Mike McCarthy. Okay. So they then hire. They like we want to hire Sean Payton. I understand that part, but why would the Saints want to move on from Sean Payton? I, I think th- I think that's sort of the implied part of the reporting is that. The move has happened. Like Sean, maybe Payton maybe Sean Payton doesn't want to come back. Now that makes more sense, right? I mean, essentially, Sean Payton has. I think Sean Payton. I think Sean Payton walking away from New Orleans might be permanent. It is. It, 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 maybe maybe it's not. And look, anyway, that's one theory. I think that's a. I think that's a long shot theory. But those people know the Saints pretty well. Know that. Or- Would you rather coach in New Orleans or for Jerry Jones? With the current team set up as they are, uh, in for Jerry Jones. Why? I mean, James, James ACL Winston or Dak Prescott? Yeah, but you have complete control of the organization in New Orleans. New uh, Orleans. Jerry, Jerry, Jerry will let Sean Payton do what he wants. Yeah, clearly. That's that's his history. At any rate, let's not get too sidetracked on this. I'm just pointing out that that's one wild harebrained theory. I actually oh, thought that the Illuminati came after you and killed you real quick, and I was excited to be able to take over the, 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 the It's actually the Illuminati. Mickey Loomis is underground. Oh, very nice. Nice. Yeah, the Illuminati. Well done. Uh, well, All right, what's just, next? Just as dangerous as Tuanon or Pianon. Tua's the Miami Dolphins fans, and of course, then Pete Prisco's uh, bizarre <laughs> cult that he runs, Pianon. Um, anyway, the other two, I guess, legitimate theories, or <laughs> These closest, legitimate? closest to, like the, 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 the only things that make sense, like why did the Saints do this this far in advance, the one theory is that, as I think Josh pointed out, they want to make a move up the board. We'll get to that one in a second. The other theory is that they wanted to get in front of the Chargers to take a left tackle instead of letting the Chargers do it. The one problem with that is it's April. It was April 4th when you did the deal. Like, if the Chargers want to move up two spots, <laughs> yeah. they can't. You know, what would be hilarious is if, like, on draft day, t- like, Howie Roseman flips 15 to the Chargers for 17 <laughs> and a third-round pick or something like that. And the Chargers are like, hey, nice nice work. Nice work, Illuminati. You really uh, you really sniffed this one out. Um, I, I, don't, I, I don't – I can't believe the Saints are that stupid. Like, the, and Do you no, remember – this is a little different, but I, I was just curious because I didn't know. When did the 49ers trade up last year to number three? Do you remember? Uh, it was a good question. Was I actually meant to, I meant to look that up yesterday, but I like will do it now. March, March 26th. 26th? Wow. Yeah. So the difference is they went all the way to the top, so it was going to be hard to leapfrog right. them. When you move up just to the middle of the first round, you're sort of setting yourself up for disappointment. And uh, Tupi in the chat points out the Chargers have the best young left tackle in football. Of course they do. Uh, they would be taking a right tackle at at 16 is the, is the theory. Um, so Dan Orlovsky, I think, of ESPN threw this out there, but he's like, I mean, look, a friend of the program, Dan has been on the show, so I don't want to, I'm not dogging Dan here, but it's a kind of a, it's a pretty like galaxy brain theory that the saints know because Joe Lombardi, the offensive coordinator for the chargers came from new Orleans, that the saints know what Joe Lombardi likes in the draft. And so they went ahead and leapfrogged him to get a, uh, to get the, the goods on the tackle position a month ahead of the draft. One Joe Lombardi, isn't making picks for the, for the, for the chargers. Like, does anyone think that? Why would anyone think that? Maybe he has like some input in who they draft. Like, oh, I like that guy. Well, Dan Orlovsky thinks it. I don't know if anyone else does. Yeah, I mean, Daniel Jeremiah shot him down, and DJ is the you know, voice of the Chargers. Um, <laughs> I guess Matt Money Smith is, but then he and DJ do the radio call. Uh, so that's one theory that I think just can't be true. 
Like the Saints can't be that stupid, right? Well, as Josh just noted, they traded up for Marcus Davenport over Lamar Jackson. Marcus Davenport's a good player. Lamar Jackson probably makes that team look a little different right now. I mean, do you guys do you guys buy into the theory, Josh, at all? Not a, not at all. No, I I don't think uh, I think it's quite a stretch to think that they made this move now, thinking that Los Angeles was going to stay put at seventeen and take an offensive tackle. And I'll say too, if the Saints made this move and traded all those picks to get like Trevor Penning or Bernard Raymond, who's going to be twenty four years old as a rookie, it's just bad draft navigation, bad allocation of your draft picks. Like there's no outside of the top three offensive tackles in this class. There's no one that that's worth that many extra draft picks. I know left tackle is important. They lost Teron Armstead. If they trade up or, or by trading up, they need to be picking a quarterback. I, I, we'll trade him in a second, but, <laughs> but the point being is that we all agree that that would be a bat s insane move. Yes. To trade absolutely. up one pick ahead of the chargers. In the in unless you just think that unless you like just you like Tom Telesco doesn't have the balls to to, to trade up like 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 he did know, for Kenneth Murray a couple of years ago right like you don't <laughs> think Tom I mean Tom Telesco traditionally sits there but like if Tom Telesco wants a tackle and he thinks you're going to take the tackle he'll just leapfrog you it's not going to be that expensive so and, and by the way just one one quick point too on the actual swap I don't I don't care what the trade chart says the the Saints have Jameis Winston coming off an ACL and Andy Dalton. Ian Book, and they just, they're, Blake Bortles is begging, to, be, is like, ask for his release from the Saints. Like, Blake Bortles wants out. Okay. So, uh, you know, you've got Taysom Hill has now moved to tight end. Alvin Kamara, like, I look at the Saints team and I think, yeah, the defense can still be good. I don't know if it's like a, an elite defense. There's no chance this offense is going to be top half of the league, not with Sean Payton gone. That would be, that would be shocking to me. If, if you give away, a future first round pick, you need to be pretty damn sure that you're going to be a playoff caliber team. And I don't think the saints look like a definite playoff cat. They look maybe like a fringe playoff team, but like giving away a 23, 23 pick. If Jameis tears his ACL in week two again, and you don't have Sean Payton or whatever week it was, you don't have Sean Payton to bail you out. I mean, it's potentially like you're giving away a top 10 pick in next year's draft, which is a very good draft. So I like it from that perspective. Now on the actual main theory that everybody's operating on, because we can't believe that the Saints would just try and move slide ahead of the Chargers and be like, ha gotcha. If they're trading up, if they're going to package these picks plus more to move up, um, uh, one, Wilson, I'll ask you this. How high do you think they can go with, with the draft capital that they have right now? Because I think maybe the ceiling is five. Does anybody disagree? Does anybody think it could be higher or lower? Um, well, we can plug it in, but that seems right, while, Wilson, while Wilson's doing the math, Josh, what do you think? I think it's possible. I mean, when you look at this draft class, um, you're reasonably not going to get the kind of return that you would traditionally get if uh, there were a franchise quarterback. So, you know, maybe if there was a team that was desperate enough to trade back and get some additional draft capital, uh, maybe that would be more enticing. I mean, a, a team like Detroit, if they value um, future draft compensation, uh, which you just actually gave up <laughs> in, in that trade with Philadelphia. Again, I don't, I don't understand that part of it. That seems like a bigger chip than to get number 16 or number 19 this year. But um, I think a team, if they're desperate enough and they just don't think there's that much of a drop-off between the fourth best player in this draft and the 16th best player in the draft, then you know pick up the additional draft capital. By all means, you probably have a lot of uh, holes that you can fill on the roster. So if you're the Jets at number four, would you trade down to get 16, 19, and 98? From four? And you also have the 10th pick. And 10. You, yeah. So I get, four, I get 10, 16, 19, and 98? Yeah. In addition to my other picks? Yeah, absolutely. You already have 10. Like, 10 is not part of the deal, but you already I'm saying, like, now you have four. You have three first-round picks. Three picks yep. between 10 and 20. And then you have about five or six picks in, on day two. Yeah. I think they have 35, so, 38. Yeah. I mean, so they can get to four with a those two firsts and then a late third or a comp pick or whatever that is. It's a uh, yeah, the comp pick ninety eight. The Saints. So Saints give up sixteen nineteen. Their comp pick ninety eight. Get to four if they love Malik Willis because I don't think Malik Willis is going to. Um, what? They're not trading up to get like a left tackle, are they? I hope well, not. here's the thing. I mean, you, you could get I mean... <laughs> you could get Icky there. You get Icky or Evan Neal. That's insane because they have needs a wide receiver. <laughs> they have needs insane. a quarterback. They have needs uh, along the defensive line, sort of looking down the road. So, but again, 
Now, I'm glad Josh brought this up because I've forgotten. Marcus Davenport. So nothing's off the table. They could go up there and, and take Matt Ariza, the punter out of San Diego State, for all we know. They're crazy. Yeah, it kind of boils down to it has to be a quarterback to justify this kind of a move. Uh, I just don't value any of the quarterbacks in this class to make that kind of a move. But That's the if you have thing. a strong enough conviction, I mean, you know, go right ahead. We might be the ones that look like idiots a couple years down the road. But in the moment, I just I don't see any scenario in which New Orleans comes out looking good. Yeah, it's it's hard to imagine. So, well, hold on. They, I think they could look okay. I mean, granted, this year, and it has to work out. It's sort of like the Julio Jones trade, which looked idiotic at the time for the Falcons. They could have won the Super Bowl. Well, that only looks stupid. That only looks good for the Falcons because the Browns screwed up the picks. Like if the Browns do no, no, no. those draft picks. No, it looks stupid. Part that's part of it. The other part is that if the Falcons had won the Super Bowl, you'd have been like, okay, I get it. But yeah, obviously, twenty to three. So I mean, they could take a if they take a left tackle that you know whoever Trevor Penny ends up being. Teron Armstead 2.0, you're okay with it. And if they get, I don't know, a wide receiver or something who who balls out and makes you forget about Mike Thomas. But I think in general, I feel like it's like 85-15 that it feels like it's going to blow up in their face. Yeah, yeah I agree with that. I, I'm just trying to think like – so, I mean, I, I don't I don't think the Jaguars would move out of one for 16 and 19, and you don't have a future first. So that's that's not going to happen. The Lions, right. the Lions might consider it if Hutchinson – if like if let's say they love Hutchinson or they love Walker and, and one of those guys yeah. goes first and they don't want an offensive lineman. Okay, like, what about this? 16, 19, 49, which is also a pick that the, the Saints currently have, 98 to get to number two. Would you do that if you're the if you're the, and the, the Lions also have pick number thirty-two? Yeah, I'm I'm sprinting to do that if I'm the Lions. In fact, I now the it, chart favors the it, it favors the Saints winning that by a 30 points or whatever on the yeah, chart, but yeah, but I think that in in this particular case. You have you can like if I'm if I'm the Lions, Texans, Jets, or Giants, and presumably like all right, let's say they're moving up to get a quarterback. If they are, then they need to be trading to three, four, five because the Panthers are probably taking a quarterback. Unless you think the Panthers are going to take Kenny Pickett and you want Malik Willis. Um, If I'm the if I'm the Texans and maybe the Lions, probably the Lions, Texans, Jets, or Giants. I am willing to trade down from my spot for two first and like some other stuff at a cheap, at a discount, a little bit of a discount because I have another high first round pick and I'm picking up two additional draft picks in a draft where the top, it is not, there's no, there's no elite top heavy level of, of talent. Like I want more picks in the middle of the first round. And, and granted, like I do think that Neil and Icky, and I guess Hutch and I, I think I think Neil and Icky as those tackles are like those would be the two guys if I'm the Giants. And remember, like the Giants and the Jets might be putting those guys at right tackle. So it's like, mm-hmm. do you want to take a right tackle or a guard with a top five pick? Because you already ha- you know you already drafted in the first round of the last five years a left tackle. So there may be some incentive for these guys to get out of that three, four, five range. Like, hey, Saints, come on up, hijack the Panthers. We don't care. You know, like here, like we'll do it for a slight discount because now we have three picks in this first round, which we can either trade or use to really solidify our roster. Yeah, before I say what I'm about to say, I understand that these two teams are going to have to pay uh, the players that they acquired, but we're talking about more draft capital than what Miami had to surrender for Tyree Kill, more than what Las Vegas had to surrender for Devontae Adams, not that far off from what Denver gave up for Russell Wilson. So, uh, you almost have to be trading up for a quarterback to kind of justify that kind of draft capital. And even, you know, it goes back to the original point. I just don't value any of the quarterbacks at that point. Um, all right. One more, just one more point on this and then we'll be done. But I mean, I, I really, I find this like trade to be fast. It's a fascinating trade because we don't, there's, there has to, there, there has to be something else, <laughs> right? Like there has to be something else that there's not that I, I don't know that I can even uh, uh, handle it. Um I saw Albert Breer tweet this out, and I'm going to find it really quick. That freaking guy to tweet about the uh, – oh, here we go. I had to dig through a bunch of tweets about Carolina losing the title game. I don't know if you guys heard about that. The Saints side, New Orleans now has three picks inside the top 50, which should set them up to take care of their cap issue in the next couple of years by getting younger, cheaper talent on the roster. Those three picks, 16, 19, 49, are at a good spot given the class's makeup. So – that fe- and I'm not. Oh, I like Albert, so I'm not trying to call him out. But that feels like someone in the Saints gave him, like that. Fe- it doesn't feel like, like I don't think he looked at that. And was like, oh, this is what they're doing, right? Like it feels like he talked to somebody in New Orleans, 
I'm not just not trying to source guess, but it feels like that that's coming from somebody in New Orleans who's like, oh yeah, this is what we're gonna do with the cap thing. How, does it, I, somebody make that make sense for me? That makes sense because I think that's what the Saints, like I said, have been doing forever, kicking the can down the road. Uh, but, for but, a they, long but they time. could but they, they could just get a player next year in the first round. <laughs> like the end of I that, guess, yeah. Not, it's not too sensible. And if they stay put and and pick Trevor Penning or Bernard Raymond, I will be a not a fan of it whatsoever. That will get a big F on draft night. But like they didn't, they moved up three spots. <laughs> the other part of this is that the Saints have the second most uh, salary cap space in the NFL right now, according to Spotrack.com. So somehow. Yeah, I don't know how that's possible, but I'm just saying like salary cap space is not necessarily an issue right now. Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe it's a, they, I don't like, again, we'll move. That's past weird it. too, because it's not like the saints have a bunch of young talent. That's like coming up to get huge contract extensions either. Like a lot of their talent on defense is older. Uh, who knows about the, like how uh, Michael Thomas is going to ultimately play, uh, you know, once he comes back. So I could see it if they had like a third year wide receiver who looked like he wanted to get Tyree kill money, a left tackle there. Like they don't really have, a lot of big contracts coming up either. Yeah. I I'm, I'm perplexed by the deal. All right, let's take a break. and we come back, we'll talk about some draft props, make you some cash coming up next. The all new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right. We got some draft props. We'll get to, I know that was a lot on that trade. I feel like it's, I feel like that's fine though. Like, I feel like that's, I mean, although, you know, it was weird. I don't think we talked about the trade on HQ at all. Like, like they wouldn't, like they didn't like, they were doing like team win totals and nobody, you know, you, yeah. I mean, usually it's like Odo Beckham scrapes his knee filming Instagram and it's like red, red banner breaking news alert. And it's like two teams swap a bunch of first round picks and silence. In retrospect, I should have talked about that instead of the uh, the old basketball game, it sounds like. <clears throat> oh, ho, ho! All right, we'll start with the first overall pick. We're looking at these odds on Caesars. Whoa. Whoa. First of all, I think they're spelling Aiden Hutchinson's name wrong. Doesn't have an E. Am I crazy? No, I think that's right. Huh. Well, I've been spelling it wrong then. Um, <laughs> that's why we have editors. Don't know if they caught it. Uh, the uh, Aiden Hutchinson, when we first started at 7 p.m., wait, this looks like, oh, no, sorry. It um, looks like yesterday or this morning was minus 220 and has left back out to minus 300. Which yeah, is just for reference, those were screenshotted last night. So okay. Before or after Carolina lost in the championship game? Uh, after they beat Duke on Saturday. <laughs> uh, nobody remembers that anymore. You absolutely. Yeah, I do. Nope. Uh, <laughs> Trayvon Walker still plus 350. Malik Willis down to 10 to 1. Scroll down a little bit there, Diva. Malik Willis down to 10 to 1. What the hell? Mm, getting crazy. 5 to 1 to 10 to 1 overnight at Caesars. Uh, Icky and 
Evan Neal, both still 12 to 1. And Kayvon Thibodeau. Wait, wait. So, sorry. Malik Willis went from 10 to 1 back to 25 to 1. Okay. That's right. That makes sense. Um, he shouldn't be 10 to 1. So, what do we think about this market? It, to me, it is still very much a four player race for that number one overall pick, right, Wilson? And probably just a one horse race. Yeah, you and I were talking about this yesterday. I'd be interested to hear what Josh and Traps thinks about this. I think it's basically Aiden Hutchinson and Trevon Walker at this point. And if there's some way to parlay that, Brinson was looking into it yesterday. I don't think you could, um, but maybe. Or you can't parlay the. Because it, it's, a, it's like a single outcome. So you couldn't parlay. You wouldn't want to parlay. Right. Uh, you, well, well, we, uh, we, uh, you were looking at parlay first and second pick. Yeah. 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 yeah t t right. But well, some combination. I would be, I mean, they're having Icky, Jackson was having Icky in for a 30 visit. Um, I don't know if they've had Evan Neal in. I'll have to look. I, I think right now, feels like teams are of the opinion for the most part. I, a few that I talked to in the fall liked Icky better than Evan a little bit. I don't think that's necessarily changed. So I don't know if Evan goes first. I don't know what the Jaguars think about him. But I, I think it's Aiden Hutchinson, Trevon Walker are the front runners. And then Icky's probably a little further back. And Evan Neal feels a little far. These odds feel about right. Um, I don't envision a situation where any quarterback goes first overall. I don't know what would have to happen unless, of course, it's the Saints. Saints so, straight to one, yeah, yeah, that, um, that's that's the only issue. Traps, I saw in uh, Prisco's mock draft that came out on Tuesday. I think he had to redo his entire mock draft because that Eagles Saints trade. But um, he <laughs> actually had Evan, he actually had Evan Neal. It came out uh, the day we recorded this. He had Evan Neal going first overall to the Jaguars. And I texted him about it. I was like, "What the hell is this, bro? <laughs> like, because he's twelve to one right now." And I, you know, I want to nibble if if that's the case. And Pete's point was that if the Jaguars can't, and I, I, I don't have to buy this, but if, I guess here's the question: Do you buy that if the Jaguars can't come to a contract uh, agreement with Cam Robinson before the draft that they would take a off an offensive lineman first overall? Yeah, it's not totally crazy. I'll say with seeing that minus three hundred for Aiden Hutchinson, the last couple years at this point by late April, we're almost like locked in. Like we know who the first pick's going to be. I, I feel like it's probably going to be Aiden Hutchinson, but I wouldn't, I mean, obviously at minus 300, not great you're not, odds. You're not, you're not paying minus 300. No. You're not, but, but I'm not feeling like super concrete that it's going to be Aiden Hutchinson. And I think Pete's uh, logic there actually makes sense that for the longest time, probably up until early to mid March, people thought, Hey, like Cam Robinson franchise guy, but he's not really that good of a left tackle. They could probably still use more protection, obviously, for Trevor Lawrence. They could go Evan Neal or Iki Aquanu. So I, I think Hutchinson, presumable number one, but if it's not, it probably will be either Evan Neal or Iki Aquanu. Yeah, Josh, I think one of the things that sort of struck me about the timing of Pete's, the, like, you know, I mean, Pete hears a lot of things from the Jaguars. He, you know, there's a lot of people around there, does a weekly radio show. Um, this is the sort of the time of year where, if an owner where the owner might start to get involved in that first overall pick discussion, because you got, you got to, you're not taking somebody first overall without floating it by your owner. And I sort of wonder if Shad Khan isn't extremely concerned about the optics of tagging Robinson passing on these two potentially stud left tackles, and then ending up with nobody protecting Trevor Lawrence's blind side in 2023. Is that a reasonable concern? I think it's certainly reasonable. I think that's got to be the primary objective is to protect Trevor Lawrence. I mean, you did a poor job of that last year, so you got to make sure you don't do uh, run back history again in, in 2022. But um, for me personally, I would probably lean towards Evan Neal if I was running the organization, just because I think protecting Trevor Lawrence long term is, is that important. Um, now, at the same time, I'm kind of in line with Ryan and Traps and thinking that Aiden Hutchinson is probably going to be the number one overall pick, but I think the door is creaked open to the point where I would probably sprinkle on one of those offensive linemen. So why why franchise Cam Robinson? Just draft the, the offensive tackle. Why are you complicating things? I think the I think the thought process is okay. You know, Cam we we know Cam Robinson is a average, maybe slightly above average left tackle in the in the league. We know we can bring him back. We haven't done our full homework because we just got hired on these draft prospects. Yeah, you have a you have a room full of scouts that've been doing this all fall. That's a terrible oh. excuse if that's the excuse. Well, you could rescind the franchise tag right now if you want to. I don't. I don't. I'm, he's maybe he signed it. Anyway, like they have tons of cap space. I don't think it's. I don't think it's that big a deal to franchise tag him. 
Worst case scenario, you draft one of these guys. You're like, hey, look, Cam, you're playing the right side. You're playing on the right side. You'll be a free agent next year. Go ball out. And it's Juan Taylor. He's going in. He was going to the final year of his rookie deal. Well, that's so you have two guys on the final year of their contract. So it makes total sense that you potentially well, one you're paying three seven. The other one you're paying a franchise left tackle number two. It just I, I, well, it's the same, left tackle right tackle is the same number. Okay, sixteen six is the number. So wh- whatever side you put him on is still a lot of money, even though you have it. I get it. I just I'm just thinking. Don't franchise them. I mean, you know what the the draft looks like, and then you have to you know you have the first overall pick. That ain't changing. If I I I don't disagree with you in the sense that like take an offensive lineman because you got to protect Trevor Lawrence long term. But I, I do disagree with the idea. It's like, look, I mean, you have the money, you don't mind spending it. Franchise tag the guy, and then if for any reason something like your draft pick isn't ready or they get hurt, you have you know you have options. That's that's all I think. But but I mean. I, I sort of think sprinkling on Evan Neal and Icky at 12 to one right now is probably a smart move. Cause that's the, really the longest they've been since that Mar- like, I guess early March steam, maybe or late uh, post combine pre pre post combine steam where Icky was all of a sudden the favorites, Icky and Neal were minus minus one ten, uh, and the favorite Hutch was like out to five to one or eight to one. Um, I think that would be, uh, that would be a potential, Good move. All right, second overall pick, Trayvon Walker, plus 230. Aiden Hutchinson, plus 250. Malik Willis, four and a half to one. And Kayvon Thibodeau, five to one. I mean, I sort of think the only, maybe you could put a little on Hutchinson to cover your wager on Walker, but I think the move is you bet on Walker here, right? Well, I I mean, we just talked about if Office Tackle goes number one, Hutchinson's probably going to be number two. He's a Michigan kid. These odds are interesting, right? Like, like, uh, why is it Trayvon Walker lower? I don't know if it's the Aiden Hutchinson math. I guess so, yeah. Maybe they listen if to the If there's podcast. anyone, I would bet on Kayvon Thibodeau here. I, I could see a scenario that Dan Campbell like just completely disregards everything about Kayvon Thibodeau being obsessed with his brand and whatever. And there's a connection to Penny Sewell that he would have, you know, firsthand uh, experience with Kayvon Thibodeau. And I could see, okay. you know, all of this smoke could be coming, you know, from Daniel Jeremiah through Joe Douglas that they want Kayvon Thibodeau to fall to four to the Jets. And then he just goes number two overall. I think looking at those odds plus 500 right now for Thibodeau uh, seems like just the only one that I would really feel good about, especially relative to the value. Yeah. And last night when we got these, I think Thibodeau was plus 1100. So it's, Hmm. it's moving in Mm -hmm. that direction. Okay. Um, Interesting. Thibodeau's second overall would F up some mock drafts. All right, let's look at the third overall pick. Ike, Ike. Uh, Ike Ike is uh, the favorite at plus 180. By the way, just a delightful young man. I mean, a really, really like, like, I think he might be as clean a prospect as they come. Just a good dude. Uh, yeah, Evan, I mean, oh, oh, he did almost accidentally cuss, you know, and he's like, he's here. Shit. Oh, so, so don't, don't, don't put that out there. We're like, dude, slow down. Um, <laughs> Evan Neal plus two eighty, Trayvon Walker plus five fifty, Kyle Hamilton seven and a half to one, Kayvon Thibodeau and uh, a, a Sauce Gardner nine to one to go third overall to the Texans. Malik Willis, these books are petrified of Malik Willis going early in this draft because he's twelve to one to go third. Uh, any thoughts about this particular selection, Wilson? Uh, I'm taking a look here. Like I don't hate. It would have to. It would require probably a trade up, but Sauce Gardner at plus nine hundred. I don't hate that. He might end up going like top five, and I think he, whatever the top. I don't know how this top three. The deep you go on the on the odds, or do they keep going, Caesars? Um, you mean top three picks or top? Yeah, do they have like top four odds, top five odds? Yeah, we're gonna do four and five. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I I like him in the top five because I I think we're not talking a lot about him because he's not a quarterback, he's not an offensive tackle, he's not an edge rusher. He's not Trevon Walker. So I, I don't know if the Texans necessarily would take him. Levy Smith's the, the coach now, and he's a defensive guy, of course. So uh, maybe that brings in Thibodeau, for example. Trevon Walker, should he happen to slip because they have to tackles or whatever? Um, I, they're not taking a quarterback. I think Davis Mills is their guy. It'd be silly to, to go through everything they went through and to take a quarterback here, I think. Yeah, and you can see this is actually um, – this is not the fifth overall pick. This is taken in the top five. So they, they've clearly taken Aiden Hutchinson oh. off the board. Trayvon Walker minus 450. So Sauce Gardner plus 130 to go anywhere in the top five. I like love that. that. I love like it. that a lot, yeah. Okay. Yep. That's all right. Um, I don't like Kyle Hamilton at plus 220. That doesn't make any sense to me. 
Thibodeau is really interesting to be. Wait, what about Hamilton? Don't you like taking the top five? You don't think he's going to top five? Is that what you're saying? Oh, I don't think so. That'd be surprising. Okay. Because no, I don't disagree with that. Because I think you get you'll get obviously at least one of the offensive linemen, two pass rushers, probably Sauce Gardner, and then the fifth pick is the Giants. And I I would be if the if the Giants are going to pick at five and seven. And one of those offensive linemen is sitting out there. I don't think they'll. I don't think they'll risk the Panthers taking them. They'll risk the Panthers taking Kyle Hamilton instead of the offensive lineman. Yeah, I think yeah. that's right. Yeah. Um, Thibodeau, man. I mean, the could Thibodeau, could Thibodeau is Thibodeau going to go top five? Could it be like three straight pass rushers to start the draft? I don't know. I I say it all the time. Like I just don't like to peddle in rumors. But I've I've talked to teams that are concerned about his brand nonsense. I've talked to other folks around the league that that aren't crazy about his work ethic and, you know, make it that what you will. You watch him play, he's lights out, but it's just weird that I keep hearing it. It's like I'm out there looking for it either. So you, that's what concerns me. You love him too. Just going to end up burning you. Maybe. Yeah, I like him. I think he's a really good football player. Like when he's on the field, he's dominant. I mean, if you read Bruce Feldman of The Athletic, his his mock draft where he talked to a bunch of coaches, college coaches and, and sources, um, you know, some of the pushback from the teams that they played against, the coaching staffs so was like he was – Good, but not great. I don't, I wouldn't go that far. I thought he's great when he was healthy. He hurt his ankle after the first game of Fresno State. And when he came back, he was just destroying people. So I don't know, man. He was great to talk to the two times we talked to him. Seems like a good dude, but I don't know what he's doing away from, you know, when he's not talking to HQ, for example. <laughs> All right. Let's, uh, let's look at first drafted by position. Running back may have a little bit of value. Uh, Brees Hall is minus 270. Is yeah. he that clear cut of a first running back to be taken? Who's uh, next on the list? Uh, Kenneth Walker plus two forty, and then Isaiah Spiller eight and a half to one. Kyron Williams twenty to one. Brian Robinson Jr. twenty five to one. Damian Pierce twenty five to one, and then you get to the thirties with a bunch of dudes. So Ken Ken Walker is my running back one. I'm not sure where Traps and Josh are on their running back journeys. I have uh, Ken Walker and Isaiah Spiller tied for first, and then Brees Hall right behind them. But it feels like Brees Hall is like the the odds-on favorite. Like I, I mean, he, 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 he is yeah. the odds-on favorite, <laughs> like by by a long shot. Like I I can't envision a scenario where after running in the high four threes, having a forty-inch vertical. I know Ken Walker ran really fast as well. I I think pretty close to Brees Hall, um, or maybe even a, a a hundredth of a second faster. I just think Brees Hall has you know, two or three years of high level production. The fact that he's kind of been billed as the running back one for a long time. I think it's kind of stupid to, to bet anything besides Brees Hall here. I I'd, I'd actually disagree because number one, Kenneth Walker, they're not playing quarterback. So that's less mileage. Number one, um, number two, plus two forty, And he doesn't catch the ball a lot at Michigan state, but that doesn't mean he can't catch. So if teams figure out that he can catch, um, and also Brees Hall tried to beat me up at the combine. So that's why I'm going. <laughs> Ken Walker plus 240. Uh, yeah, I don't think I wouldn't want to lay 270 on Brees Hall being the first one taken just because, like, I feel way more confident that Aiden Hutchinson goes one than Brees Hall is the first running back taken. You know what I'm saying? And that's like, it's only, it's 30 cents difference, but like a, a fairly similar type of, you know, you got to, if you want to win $100, you got to put down 270 uh, for, for Brees Hall. Like, I think if it were that concrete, it would have moved out to like, minus 500 um but Kenneth Walker at plus 240 I don't mind like that dude's a, kind of a monster uh first wide receiver to oh, excuse me first offensive lineman drafted Josh is Iki Aquanu the value here at minus 150 or would you take Evan Neal at plus 130 yeah in terms of value I would take Evan Neal absolutely because I think it's kind of a toss-up um between the two so if you're getting value in one direction I'd probably take that at this point you guys uh, agree with that? I, I tend to agree with that yeah, as well. I do. Especially if, you know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Pete likes Evan Neal. We've talked about that for a while. He tried to – you can push him on this. He tried to say, Icky's got to play guard. I said, Pete, he's not playing guard at the next level. And then once me and BMAC started teaming up on him, he he, he backed down from that. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, you're getting plus money. I I, I get it. Um, So this could be – if the, the first offensive lineman isn't until pick six. It's, that's all it's saying. It doesn't have to be the first overall. That's I'm reading that right, right? Yeah, so no, no, no. First offensive lineman could be taken thirty fifth overall. Yeah, I was making sure I was reading the headline right. Um, okay. Yeah, I, I get the plus money. I, I don't know. I would stay away from this. I don't feel good about it either. Uh, yeah, if I would t- if I took anything, it would be the plus money. I think too. I, like I think Icky's the better offensive lineman, 
and I would pick Icky first, and I get why he's favorite, the favorite. But I think getting the plus money there is the move. I can't, I can't fathom a world where Charles Cross goes before those two guys, right? Well, not in the media world, but we don't have all the information. That would be crazy. Okay. Um, looking at the first cornerback drafted, Ooh. I mean, I, I really think the only thing you can take here is uh, Stingley at plus 280 if you want to bet it. Minus 400 is pretty expensive for Ahmad Garner. Although, if you're, I mean, are we, how on a scale of one to 10, how confident are we in Ahmad Garner going uh, as the first cornerback taken? Seven. Yeah, I, I was going to say eight or nine, but uh, LSU's Pro Day is Wednesday today, if you're listening. Um, if Derek Singley runs in the high four threes and has a 40-inch vertical coming off a Liz, Flank, Liz Frank injury, there could be some buzz for him to maybe jump him. But it, it does feel like about an eight or a nine in terms of confidence that it, it will be Sauce Gardner, the first corner off the board. Yeah, I'll split the difference and say 7.5 on a confidence (laughs) scale to 10. Uh, Obviously, it only takes one team to change that. But, you know, even last year, we thought Patrick Sertan was probably going to be the first cornerback taken. And then J.C. Horn comes charging up as well. So, um, you know, we don't know how these teams view these players. But I think just based on the way that the winds are blowing right now, uh, it would probably be Gardner as the first cornerback taken. Okay. Um, I would need more than seven seven and a half or eight to, to lay 400 i think mm. um i mean yeah that's, no, i hear you that's a lot i would want i would want nine and a half or ten i think if i was if, if i was gonna lay 400 all right to the first wide receiver drafted now this is a very interesting market you have garrett wilson is the favorite at plus 125 drake london plus 130 Jamison Williams, the third favorite at nine to one, and then Traylon Burks, 10 to one. Chris Olave at 16 to one is really surprising. Uh, what do uh, you think about this market, Josh? So I'm probably taking the value on Jamison Williams, um, but at the same time, I think it's probably going to be Garrett Wilson that's the first wide receiver taken, um, at least talent wise. I mean, talent wise, I think he's the better prospect between Drake London and Garrett Wilson, but um, I also understand there's some teams in the top 10 that are probably going to value size at the position. Uh, so that could be what ultimately weighs in Drake London's favor. Um, so I would probably just stay away from it, considering they're relatively even. Uh, if I was going to sprinkle, I'd probably put some on James Williams, though, because it would not surprise me uh, if he comes away as the best wide receiver out of this draft class. Yeah, I don't yeah, I that. think Jim. Yeah, I think Jameson Williams, just because it's plus 900, I, I would sprinkle a little on – Drake London. I mean, I think the reason why this looks like it does in terms of the market is because Drake London hasn't worked out yet. He was supposed to work out on Tuesday, but they pushed it again till next week. Uh, being six foot three, two hundred and fifteen pounds, if he has, like I said with Derek Stingley, if he runs in the high four fours at at that size and has a vertical over thirty five or thirty six inches with a crazy broad jump then people will finally be able to say like, okay, like we weren't sure about his athleticism, but now we know that not only is his film really good, he's great after the catch, the contested catch situations, but he's also a high caliber athlete. If you look at a lot of mock drafts um, around the internet, a lot of them have Drake London going as the first receiver off the board. So plus 130 right now before he works out is probably like when you want to do it if you ultimately want to put some money on the USC receiver. I think it depends on – Sorry, I, th- I think it depends on who you ultimately think is going to take a wide receiver, too, because yeah. oh. uh, the Jets were in the market for Tyree Kill, so maybe they're looking for speed at the position. Atlanta's having to replace Calvin Ridley. They've also already got uh, Kyle Pitts on the boundary that you know can win- go up and win those jump balls, so maybe they're looking for speed. Arthur Smith has kind of valued yards after the catchability, so you know maybe that's a fit there for Garrett Wilson, but if it ends up being Washington – that takes the first wide receiver, then I think Drake London's probably the best fit. Yeah, I was going to say the thing about Jameson Williams is at plus 900, which makes it sort of interesting, is that Henry Ruggs was the first wide receiver drafted a few years ago. No one saw that coming. And also, I would love to know two years ago to the day what the odds were that Justin Jefferson was going to be the first wide receiver taken because I'm guessing it was like, it looked like Jahan Dotson numbers down there, like plus 5,000 or something because he, the concern was he played in the slot. How would he do outside? man coverage, all the crap that we were talking about and talking ourselves out of why he was probably the best wide receiver. So um, that's also something to consider. I think with these markets, um, like rugs, rugs maybe got steamed up a little bit, getting closer to the, uh, 
the start of the draft. But I think if I was betting into these, uh, Alave doesn't really make sense to me at 16 to one. Like, is he that far removed from the top of the class? Like, no, why couldn't Alave be the first wide receiver drafted 16 to one? I think is a good bet. I bet that close, like that was closer to like 10 to one or 12 to one earlier, maybe even down to eight to one. And it's just like, again, as we always say, these are reactionary markets. They right. saw a bunch of, they saw a bunch of mock drafts. Alave's not the first guy going or it's not even like hadn't even close to one. He moved up to 16 to one. I think that's worth the splash. And then the Jameson Williams thing I, th- I think is worth as well. Like the thing about Alave, I would just say about Alave is that, Garrett Wilson told me he was fat. Alave was faster than he was. Garrett Wilson played much faster. Garrett Wilson's much more dynamic. He had some focus drops. So that's the thing. If you're concerned about those sorts of things, I just don't, I would be surprised in the plus 1600 <laughs> um, put some value on that. If he was the first wide receiver taken, just because that means he went not only ahead of his teammate, but also Drake London, um, even Jameson Williams, who Josh talked about and, and, and Traylon Burks, who I think, actually has a chance to be a, a better NFL player than Crystal Lobby. But again, I would refer you to the Justin Jefferson conversation in terms of us not knowing. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, look, it's no doubt a, um, a longer shot at 16 to one. I just think I, I would, and and you could always, let's say you want to put, um, I'm sure I, don't, I can't do the math off the top of my head, but there, there's probably a way where you could, if you wanted to put a hundred dollars on the wide receiver market where you could, you could do like, 40 bucks on Wilson, 40 bucks. On, you could, and what I'm saying is you could, with these odds, I think you can kind of figure out a way where you could sort of cover your bases as long as it's not Dotson or Burks. <laughs> and then if it is, you're uh, completely screwed at that point. Um, mm. Daniel Jeremiah with an interesting tweet. We'll get to that in a minute or maybe, maybe later. Uh, first quarterback drafted Malik Willis. Oh, wow. Out to minus 200 at this point. Kenny Pickett plus 190. Matt Corral 16 to 1. Sam Howell 20 to 1. A little surprising. Desmond Ritter 30 to 1. Uh, what do we think about these odds? It, to me, this says that the bully, the bully, the, the general belief has become that Malik Willis is going to go before the Panthers at six because I sure as hell think Kenny Pickett's going to the Panthers at six. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I, I wouldn't be surprised if Panthers take a, uh, an offensive lineman. Like uh, I'm sort of leaning that way. Kenny Pickett is is you know the the most NFL ready of this crew in my opinion. Malik Willis, we've talked about for forever that he probably shouldn't be thrown out there right away. I, I don't. I would put money on Kenny Pickett only because only because it's plus money. I have no idea how this quarterback class is going to sort itself out. Like I I have no sense what's going to happen to six or eight. Um, and, and nine with Seattle. I look, I, I have no, I have no idea. So if you're going to make me pick something, I would take Kenny Pickett and then probably Matt Corral just cause it's crazy plus 1600. And I would just leave Malik alone cause it's minus money. Josh. I think it'll probably be, and that's tough. Cause if it's Carolina, then suddenly I think it could be Kenny Pickett. Otherwise I think most teams would probably value Malik Willis over him. So I would probably lean towards Malik Willis, but it's not enough for me to want to put anything on that. Uh, the only possibility that I would possibly sprinkle on here would actually be Cincinnati's Desmond Ritter, yeah. um, just because I think he's probably going to go higher than than some expect. I don't know that that's necessarily inside the top 10, um, but I think there's at least a shot that uh, he's in that conversation. Uh, by the way, I should point out, this is a good time to mention this tweet. Uh, Daniel Jeremiah at Move the Sticks, of course, NFL Media. Now very famous, said tweeted. I reached out to six GMs to get their thoughts on the Saints' motive for the trade with the Eagles. Majority think it's about Saints believing they're really close and two quality starters could put them in the playoffs right now. One mentioned Ritter as a mid-first possibility. Interesting traps. Mm. Yeah, I mean, if that's what they ultimately did, I, I would uh, like what they've already done with the trade-up with the Eagles a lot more. If it's for an offensive tackle, again, I, I don't care if he ends up being really good. It just the value is not there. So if it is Desmond Ritter, I, I would be fine with it. As for these markets, see, I think the Panthers will pick a quarterback. I don't think Matt Rule can go into the season with Sam Darnold and P.J. Walker as his quarterbacks. I mean, he, he looks – to me, he should be pretty embarrassed right now that, like, no quarterbacks wanted to go to Carolina. Yes, there's Baker out there still. Jimmy Garoppolo still available. I don't think they'll go the veteran market at this point. So I would bet Kenny Pickett just because of the, the Temple recruit – connection there and i could see him being like hey we need a quarterback now we're not really worried about the future given that matt rules on the hot seat could this yeah, be I, I think that's 
Oh, yeah, sorry, go ahead, Josh. Could this be a potential uh, issue within Carolina's own organization? Because yes. one would think that Matt, <laughs> that, uh, Matt Rule is going to be more com- comfortable with uh, Kenny Pickett, whereas Scott Fitterer comes from Seattle and they had uh, Russell Wilson, so maybe they're more you know drawn to a guy like uh, Malik Willis. Um, at that point, you kind of have some budding heads inside the, the organization, and I think how that plays out uh, is going to be telling on you know who ultimately has a job by the end of the year. Uh, I think that it's already been mentioned that there is some, uh, some uh, uh, tension, friction, I guess, uh, in the building as to who they would take, uh, which quarterback they like, which is kind of, I mean, certainly interesting. I mean, the Panthers are just a mess. We don't need to talk about them. Uh, Okay, that's it for the draft props. Any other thoughts uh, before we get out of here? We covered that whole trade. We covered all the props. We're going to do it in under an hour. Mm. Mm. All right, that'll do it for us. Make sure to hit the like button if you're watching on YouTube. Subscribe, save, save. Wait, that's Amazon. What am I talking about? I'm losing my mind. June can't get here. May can't get here soon enough. You don't know what month it is. I don't. Turn, I don't. Turn to skip May. It's the Masters. That's all I know. Uh, subscribe, rate, and review. Thanks for listening. For traps, for Edwards, for Wilson. I am Brinson. See you guys later. CBS Wednesday. We have so many cool, diverse people from different backgrounds, different beliefs, different upbringings, and it just keeps growing. I feel it in my I'm a citizen of the United States. I'm a hustler. I'm a big Taylor Swift fan. I'm the queen of the tribe. I am playing whatever role I gotta play. I'm gonna play this game for speed. I ain't going down like no punk. A new Survivor, Wednesday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus.